Welcome to the East Coast Believers Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope this inspires and encourages you to grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's Pastor Norm. Hey, we're in week four of a series just simply called The Holy Spirit. We're just trying to take some time and unpack some thoughts on who the Holy Spirit is. Because a lot of us, we, we have thoughts or opinions about the Holy Spirit. And what I found out is this, we're basing our opinions upon stuff that's really not even true. And my thesis is this, that if you don't want to be close to the Holy Spirit is because you don't, you've based your opinion on the Holy Spirit about maybe a, from a television preacher or from, from, a, from a strange or an odd Christian, but not from what the Bible says. And so my heart in this series, and one more week we'll be sharing with this, is I want you to develop a personal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. This is important for me. Because if, if you think the Holy Spirit is an it, or a thing, or a cloud, or a cosmic force, or a mist, then you're not gonna develop a relationship with him. And so what we've done in this series is try just to take the words from the scripture and let the scripture define who the Holy Spirit is. So I've asked you to give me a blank page. Give me a blank page and forget everything you've heard about the Holy Spirit. Let's find out what the scripture says. So we've taken the words of Jesus and in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, it was so important to him that the last conversation he had with his disciples was really about the Holy Spirit. And if, if you know the life, how this worked in the Bible, for John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus had this long conversation. He had the Last Supper to the garden. He went to the garden to be tempted, or, excuse me, to, just to pray. And, and then and Peter, you know, they all abandoned him. He went to the cross. And then on the cross, he died. And then on the third day, it says he arose again. He went to the belly of the earth, rose again. And then he walked on the earth for 40 days. And he walked on the earth for these 40 days. And he had conversations with the disciples. Well, the very last conversation he had with the disciples before he ascended up into heaven is found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter one. And in verse eight, this is what he said. He said, but you, this is his last words, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How many just want some more power in your life? Well, he said, hey, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I, I think the reality of it is none of us want to serve a powerless God, do we? None of us want to serve a God who has no power. Come on, everybody. Our God has some power. I don't know what you're going through, but our God is bigger than that. There's nothing impossible for him. He's not scared of words that we're scared of, like cancer and diabetes. Those words don't scare him. He has power. But here's something that Jesus said. Hey, the works, and we love all the stories in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, healing the blind, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, do, multiplying the five loaves and two fishes. And here's what he said. The works that I do, you can do also. And even greater works than these. That was a bold statement. Why did he make that bold statement? Because he says, you'll receive this power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the benediction of the book of Corinth, 2 Corinthians. He said, I want you to know the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. And that's kind of where all this starts. Like, and I'll, I want to throw this out to you. You'll never be able to have any action of the Holy Spirit or role of the Holy Spirit in your life without starting with the grace of Jesus. You got to start with that. And, and that's awesome. Like you get what he paid for. That's what grace is. Right, here's what you need to know. Heaven is not a place where good people go. Heaven, hell is not a place where bad people go. 
Heaven is a place for forgiven people and hell is a place for people to go pay the price for their sin. Jesus paid the price for your sin. That's called grace. All you have to do is receive it. and You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't pray for it enough. You can't give enough. You can't serve enough. All you can do is receive it, everybody. Come on, that's called grace right there. Well, then he said, hey, and that you would know the extravagant love of God, which is a, like, here's what I'm saying. The world thinks that God is mad at them. I like to say it like this. No, God's madly in love with you. And, and the reality of it is, you need to know this. There's nothing you can do to get God to quit loving you. In fact, I have found this true in my life. The more I ran from God, the harder he pursued me. And that's just the reality of it. And I think there's another generation of believers, millennials, generations of years that are raising up. They need to know how much God loves them. And then, because and we live in a culture now, even parents are, you know, their love is conditional. And I don't know how you were raised or who the authority figure is in your life. And maybe their love was conditional. Can I tell you something? Your God's love is not conditional. In fact, that's a whole nother series right there, who God is. I remember the first series I ever preached in this new building was called God Is. And it was a 10-week series. And can I tell you, of all the series I've been doing in this church for over 10 years now, that was the one that I got the most letters about people upset. And sometimes people just want to buy into that God is mad and God is mean and he's holding a grudge against you. And I tell you, everybody, that's not what your Bible says. And you would know the love of God. But then he's, and I think we're comfortable with Jesus. I think we're comfortable with God the Father. But notice this, and that you would know the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want this to be with you all, an intimate friendship, that the Holy Spirit would be your friend. And that's what I think where we struggle with because <laughs> you like the Holy Spirit. We don't even like that word spirit. I don't like spirit or ghost, you know what I mean? And we got Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. We've sort of made, like, we'll take God, we'll take Jesus, but this Holy who? I don't know if I want that in my life. And that's what we're trying to do in this series is sort of make you super comfortable so you'll develop a personal friendship with the Holy Spirit. I've taken the words of Jesus. I've taken the words of Paul last week to the early church. Today, I want to take the words of a character in the New Testament that's very famous that you would all know. His name was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, when he's introducing the Holy Spirit, this is what he said about him. He said, I baptize you, Matthew chapter three, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I. Talking about Jesus. Sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you, you notice this, with the Holy Spirit and? Oh, that was weak. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and? Fire. And I want to talk about the fire of the Holy Spirit. If you're looking for a title, I want to talk about the holy part of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, whenever you see the word fire, I know a lot of you go, oh no, I don't know what he's going to talk about today. This might get weird, but hang on. I'm going to show you what the Bible says about this. Fire in the New Testament always talks about the purifying work the purifying work of the Holy Spirit. There's a side of the Holy Spirit that wants to do a purifying work on the inside of you. In the New Testament, when he talks about purifying, it's talking about getting rid of some of the junk, some of the stuff that we don't like. This is a really important detail because up until now, 
The Holy, they didn't know the Holy Spirit of God could ever live on the inside of you. Up until now, when the disciples heard about this Holy Spirit, all they knew was an external God. And all, the closest they could get to God was if they did the commandments. If they could just obey the commandments of God. And so they tried so hard to obey all the commandments of God. And by the way, there was more than 10 commandments. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And all they had was a set of rules to go by. And they, was, they were frustrated. They, it was challenging for them. They found out they could never measure up. And over and over and over again, they found out that they could never keep all the rules of God. And so they were far from God. There was no friendship. There was no intimacy with God. They always felt, here's the best way I can describe it. They always felt frustrated. They always felt like I could never measure up. They always felt like it was too hard to follow God. To which I think today, there's a lot of us as Christians today that could relate to that. I just can't keep all the rules. I'm trying to keep all the rules, but I can't keep all the rules. We're just, we don't have any help if we feel like. Now, how many of you ever heard of this store? It's, in, it's, a, it's a furniture store. It's came to Orlando about seven or eight years ago. It's called Ikea. It's the bane of my existence. If you ever get into Ikea, there's one over off, of, off by Millennial Mall. If you ever get over there, here's the deal. Once you get in, you can't get out. If you've never been there, this store is so big, they got to put a restaurant in the middle for a pit stop because it's going to take you a whole day to get through here. And then here's the deal. If you're younger, all that furniture, it's really cool. You love all that. And my, my older kids in particular, they really like this furniture. And so they're buying this furniture. It's amazing looking. Furniture's cheap. And, and, and you can get a whole king-size bed in a box about that big. You know what I'm talking about? And it's so cool when you're looking at it. But when it fits in your car and you get it home, if you're anything like me, who's not really good at putting furniture together, it's awful. But here, so I, one of the kids gets, they get this furniture, you know, and I'm going to put it together for them, you know. And so it comes, now it doesn't come with a one-page set of rules. It comes with a book of rules and of instructions on how to do this. The thing about it is this, is if you don't follow the first rule, it's going to mess you up down the road. Now, I'm not very mechanical like this, but I will tell you what I am. I am stubborn. And when my wife tells me, you can't do that, I, that, that's like saying to me, come on, throw down, let's do it. And so I'm putting this together and I don't have any, like I'm not built this way, I don't think this way. And so I'm starting to put this together. Now you have to understand, this is a Swedish company and they translate these manuals from Swedish into English. And if you've ever, if you've lived around the world, you know what I mean, it doesn't always translate properly. And so you're trying to put this together and there's not one step there are 10 steps. There are hundreds of steps. So I'm putting this together and I'm getting frustrated. And so one of our staff members comes over and walks by and he goes, hey. He says, hey, uh, you're not putting that together right. I said, go away from me. And uh, he puts his head in the room and goes, that's wrong. I was like, go away. So I'm finally, I'm just looking through all this and trying to figure it out. And, and the reality of it is, I thought he called him back and said, hey, can you finish this? And he's, well, yeah. And he didn't even use the manual. He just sort of has an intuition on how to do it. The deal is, guy, guys, is this. The Holy Spirit wants to live on the inside of you because he wants to do a purifying work. So all of these things that God wants from you, he wants to help you get through them all. It's not just a set of rules. It's a relationship. Here's the tragedy. 
There's too many New Testament believers that are living like Old Testament Christians. We're trying to do this thing without the help that God gave us. We, we have this Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It's not just about the rules that we're to follow. God sent us some help. Here's the thought. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you because he wants to change you from the inside. Here's the, that's how it works. If you try to do this from the external to the internal, from the outside to the inside, it's impossible. But if you do it from the inside to the outside, that's called God's way. When we first moved here, I never forget, we moved into a, our second home, we moved into here in Florida. We were about our third year here. Uh, we moved in and, and everyone kind of heard that we were pastors, you know, in the neighborhood. And so, you know how that is. You're like, well, I don't know if I want to talk to those guys or not. You know what kind of pastors are they? And so finally, my neighbor about working in the yard one day and my neighbor walks up to me and he says, hey, he said, shook my hand, said, hey, how are you? I said, good, good. And just out of the clear blue, he goes, I just want you to know I tried religion. I don't like it. <laughs> That's his first thing. I said, you know what? I tried religion too. I don't like it either. And I know he... He's smart. He knew where I was going with that. He goes, well, I'll be honest with you. I tried church and I didn't like it. I said, hey, guess what? Me too. I tried church. I didn't like it either. I had to start my own. <laughs> he goes, well, no, no, no. You don't understand. And I know, what, I know what he's trying to say to me. He's trying to say is this, that, hey, all that religion and all that church stuff is too hard for me. And so I finally broke the ice to him and said, hey, listen, you don't even have to go to church to get God in your life. He's like, what? Now I know what you're thinking. That's a pretty poor business model for a pastor to say that. <laughs> trying to build churches. Like, what are you thinking, pastor? Because here's what I know. I told my friend, I said, God doesn't want all the stuff you think he wants. He just wants you. Because here's what I know. If God gets you, he gets all the other stuff. All the stuff that we're concerned about giving up. All the stuff that we're concerned about losing. He said, if I can just, he just really wants you. He doesn't want you just to follow all the rules to prove that you love him. In other words, what I'm talking about, it turns in from a, turns in from a have to, to I want to. Not, not a have to, because if I don't, God's going to hurt me. Now I want to. That's what the purifying work of the Holy Spirit is. Um, let me explain to you. My wife of 26 years, you know, and I travel some. Can you imagine if I travel? And I always, by the way, when I travel, our church is so amazing. I always try to bring one of the kids with me if I can. And for the reasons I like to do that is because if I'm going to be gone, I want to connect with one of them and they get to see what their dad does. And, and, or if not, a staff member comes with me. But every once in a while, I go on my own and not because of schedules, I'm not able to do that or last minute situations. And can you imagine me traveling and I'm on my own and because I'm married, I'm like, I'm by myself. But the office says, well, we got to send someone with Norm to stay behind him, to follow him, to make sure when he's on the road, that he doesn't do something inappropriate. Can you imagine what that would be like with her? In other words, if he does something wrong, I'm going to kill him. And that's my motivation for not doing something wrong. Because if I do, and by the way, she would, I'm going to kill him. How many of you know that's the wrong motivation? But what if my motivation was this? I'm so in love with her, I'm so close to her, that I don't have to, I want to be faithful to her. Imagine if, what, what if that was our motivation? 
And honestly, that's what this Holy Spirit, the purifying work of the Spirit is. Here's a verse, 1 Thessalonians. Paul now is trying to unpack this thought. And he said this, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Like, don't stifle. And I think I chose this translation. This is the Passion Translation on purpose. Because the King James uses the word quench. And there's other translations that say different things. But this, this word stifle, I think that's where a lot of us are. We're stifling the Holy Spirit in this arena only because we don't understand him. Because if we understood him and what he wanted to do in our life, we would want this. He said down in verse 23, now may the God himself, may God himself rather, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And I think that's what we all want. We really, come on, we really all, that's why you're here on a Sunday. You really want to do right. It's, it's, not a, it's not that we don't want to do right, but we're not doing right. And he said, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And Paul is going to introduce a concept here. And that is that we are a three-part being. That we are a spirit. We live in a body. And that we possess a mind. That's our soul, our will, our emotions. We are the only creation out of all his creation that's a three-part being. There are two-part beings. Animals, a lot of them have, you know, a body and a memory. They, can, they get happy, they get sad, they can remember things. But they don't have a spirit. And so... The reality of it is, is you are a three-part being. And what you need to know, this is Christianity 101. If you can just grasp this, you would read your Bible differently. Your relationship with God would be different. You could just, even, even your prayer would be different. That you got a, a war going on. It's a constant battle. It's a constant war. It's 24-7. It never stops. And here's the war. Spirit, soul, and body. They're all in a war. Who's going to be in control? Who's going to be in charge? Is it going to be the spirit? Is it going to be the soul? Is your emotions going to be in control? Or is it going to be your flesh? Is your body going to be in control? And Paul is talking about this. He said, hey, by the way, when it comes to this war, if you really want some help, here's what I want you to do. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to help you in this. And that's maybe a part of the Holy Spirit that we didn't even know. And that's what, that's what John the Baptist was talking about. The Holy Spirit in fire it's a purifying. He wants to help you in your walk with the Lord. And who wouldn't want some help in their walk with the Lord? He said, don't stifle this Holy Spirit. Why? Because when it comes to your spirit, here's the battle. Is it going to be God first or the world first? Like, are you going to have idols in your life? And that's the deal. Is it going to be the God or is, it going to be, or is he going to be a God of, of the many gods you serve? And I know you think, well, pastor, we don't live in India. We don't have many gods. We don't live in Africa where there's a lot of, you know, old traditions. No, I know that. But in the Western world, we have gods. It's called money. It's called your career. It's called your success, your house, your homes, your cars, and your stuff. And here's the thing about God, everybody. He said, I don't mind if you love all that stuff. I just want to be number one in your life. Here's the deal about God. He said, I don't care if you have money. I don't care if you have homes. I don't care if you're successful, if you have career. He said, I'll put favor in your life so you have all that, but I want to be number one. He said, I won't be number two in your life. And this is the battle. Is it going to be God first or this world first? And can I be honest with you? 
This is a constant tug of war in your life. And here's what the scripture says. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Here it is. You can't, you just can't do it. You can't serve both God and money. Here's what I'm saying, everybody. God demands a number one spot in your life. And the Holy Spirit, if you stifle him, this is a battle you'll lose. If you'll give him freedom in your life, you can win this battle. Here's the second one. It's the soul. And this is, is it God's way or my way? Because here's how the soul works. That's, that's your intellect. That's your memory. That's your emotional. That's, that, that's where all the emotions flow out of. And it shows up in pride. Here's how it shows up, everybody. I'm angry and I deserve to be angry. I won't forgive you because you did this. Come on, Here, here's how it shows up like this. I'm mad because you made me mad. Come on, I'm preaching better. I, I can feel the online audience go, preach it. I can feel the locations going, come on, pastor. And, and, we, and we have this thing, is it gonna be my way or God's way? And the reality of it is, is a lot of us are saying, it's my, it's, hey everybody, it's called pride. And it's where I think I deserve this. It's, it's entitlement. And I know I'm having, to, I almost like telling a joke right now to make you smile a little bit. You know, cause I know this is hard to hear, but the reality is you can't do this on your own. This is why you don't want to stifle the Holy Spirit. This is where you need some help from the Holy. I'm going to show you how to do this. But here's what Galatians chapter five says, but the Holy Spirit, he produces, come on, strange and weird Christians. And that's what a lot of us have thought. I, you know, I've read my Bible cover to cover and I've never seen anywhere where the Holy Spirit made people do strange, weird, odd things that drew attention to themselves. But you know the kind of fruit he produces in our lives? And who wouldn't want this love? Come on, we live in a culture today, it's divided. And can I just tell you, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. I will not allow our church to be divided by politics in Jesus' name. Before I'm a Democrat, Republican, Independent, I'm a follower of Jesus, everybody. We can have opinions, but Jesus first, right? And, and love, who wouldn't want joy? This isn't happiness. Joy is when you get a flat tire on the way to work, you can still be okay with it. Who wouldn't want peace? Come on, patience. Come on, moms and dads, who wouldn't want some patience out there? <laughs> Kindness. We could use some more of that in our world, couldn't we? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is, if you stifle the Holy Spirit, you don't get these, but if you give them some freedom in your life, this could be the fruit. Here's the third thing, is this is, this is the battle. We have a spirit battle. We have a soul battle, and then we have a flesh, a body battle. And that is, is God in control or is my flesh in control? And that shows up in their ear. And I wanna use this word, I, 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 I almost don't wanna use it because I know where you're gonna go with it. That shows up in the word lust. And when I say lust, automatically I think a lot of you think sexual sin. But the word lust, it just means where you lose control. The word lust means where your body's making decisions for you. Your flesh is, here, here's what I'm saying. Lust is when you go out today and instead of eating one piece of pie, you have three pieces of pie. You know what I mean? It's not always just sexual. 
Lust shows up in a lot of different ways. It's where you lose control. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of us, we, our body is in control. We don't want it to be. We're wondering like how? It, you're like, I don't want to keep doing the things that I'm doing wrong, but why do I keep doing them? And so we're frustrated. Uh, here's my thought. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, man, they were just mean, just mean. They, didn't, they, they cared more about the organization than they did people. They cared more about process than individuals. They cared more about the rules than the family. And they were just, it's like everything that God isn't, they were. And they were just frustrated and aggravated. And here's the reason why. I think there were so many rules for them to follow. They couldn't keep all the rules that even they were supposed to follow. And so they, they showed up just mean. I think there's a lot of Christians today. The reality of it is, you know who I'm talking about. You see them. You see them preaching just down on people and just, you know, hypercritical. You know what I know. They're probably struggling in that area in their life themselves. And it shows up as being mean. And the reality of it is, is I, my theory is this. The reason there are mean Christians is because they haven't tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. They're trying to do it in their own will, rather, their own way rather than God's power. And, and here it is. The body's in control or my flesh is in control. Because I know like people say, Why? what is it when I come to church it just seems easier to follow God? When you're here, it's like, man, I'm just not having any trouble walking in love, not having any trouble with my kids, my spouse, all that. Like, what is that? I think a lot of us, the reason we do, we think we're in the, like right now we're in the sanctuary. And can I just tell you something? This isn't the sanctuary. You know what this is? It's an old grocery store. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting here, you're right down the dog food aisle right there. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, I know that. Cause you know why? Over there by the children's liquor store. You know why I know that? I used to shop here. And, 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 and this, this isn't a, in fact, can I just tell you this? There are no sanctuaries on planet earth that are made of brick and mortar. Do you know why, do you know why God's here today? I know God's here. I feel it. I feel the presence of God. You feel the presence. You know why he's here? I'm going to tell you why you brought him. Oh, there are millions and billions of sanctuaries on the earth today, but they're, they're in the bodies of God's creation humans that carry the spirit of God in them. Here's, here's what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, hey guys, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Like he lives in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So honor God with your body. Like that's, but when we stifle the Holy Spirit, we have a hard time with this. So in eight minutes and 24, 23 seconds, I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to give you the, I give you the theology of it. Now I'm gonna make it real practical for you. As practical as I can, as quick as I can. There's a verse in the old Testament. It's a prophetic verse. And it's a verse that, that they hadn't experienced yet, that they wanted it, but they hadn't had it yet. And he's prophesying about the day and age we live in. They couldn't even dream of this day, everybody. And here's the verse. It's in Ezekiel 36. In verse 26, he says, I, I, I want to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And I will take out of your stony, stubborn heart. And I will give you a tender, responsive heart. Isn't that what we want? A tender, responsive heart. 
and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. It's, here's what it is. It won't be because you have to. It'll be because you want to. It won't be this deal where, man, this is miserable. If I don't do this, I'm not going to get, no, I want, let me illustrate for you out of the Bible. You remember this character, one of the 12 disciples, probably the most famous of the 12 disciples. His name was Peter. You know, and, and remember Peter on the last supper, Jesus started having this conversation. He said, hey, Peter, just FYI, before you get higher, high and mighty, I'm going to remind you of something you don't know yet. You're going to deny me three times before I even go to the cross. And Peter said, no way, my Lord, never impossible. Guess what? 24 hours later, three times he denied him. Remember the, he, the little girl sitting around the fire said, hey, aren't, aren't you Peter? Aren't you one of the disciples? And you remember what he said? You blanket, he blank, blank, blank. He cussed her out. He had a sailor. He was a fisherman. He had a sailor's mouth. He just ripped into her and just walked away. The rooster crowed. You remember that? Well, when the church started, these 40 days passed. So here we are on the 41st day. Peter, the Holy Spirit came in him, on him. And here's what happened. He stood up and everyone's like, what's going on? And he made this statement. He said, whosoever believes in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And three, what happened? In front of 3,000 people, he stood up and preached. What happened from 40 days previous to cussing out a little girl to now he's standing up and preaching? The next time he preaches, he's walking into the temple and there was this crippled man there. He healed him. He asked him for some silver and gold. He goes, silver and gold have I none. Such as I have, give I thee. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up and this man got healed. And everyone was like, what happened? And, and, and Peter said, hey, do you remember that man, Jesus, by the way, whom they, pointed to the, the priest, whom they crucified? It was by faith in this man's name that he was healed. What happened between denying this in front of a little girl, he even knew Jesus, to standing up and preaching? Here's what happened. The Holy Spirit has some freedom in his life. It'll change. He'll do something new on the inside of you. To which the Bible says, real practical, five minutes. Here we go. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse 18, hey, everybody, don't get drunk with wine because it makes you lose control. The issue, guys, is not, getting, not the one, the issue is what causes you to lose control. Whatever causes you to lose control. He said, instead, here's what I want you to do. And I love this translation. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. I like that because in the Greek, it literally reads like this. If you have a Young's literal translation, it'll read like this. Be being filled. Not just be filled, but be being filled. It implies that receiving the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event in your life. It's the constant saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life today. It's a prayer that we pray every day. Holy Spirit, have control of my life. Holy Spirit, I rely on you. Holy Spirit, I need you. It's a prayer that a church should pray. Holy Spirit, come, fill our services. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We want you. We desire you. We need you. Come on, everybody. That's what this scripture is saying, that we need more of the Holy Spirit in our life. He's not, he's not someone just to be worshiped. He's not someone there just for when things get real tough. He's there to walk life with you. So here's what we do. 
three thoughts. Number one is this, that we have to invite the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, we need not just some of the Holy Spirit, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like here's what I'm saying is, don't work harder, just yield more. And that's where a lot of us, Christianity has come to us to the point of, we just gotta work so hard. Work, 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 work. And it's do, 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 do. More Bible studies, more Bible reading, and longer praying, and just harder praying, and more intense, and there's a, that's okay. But what if instead of working harder, what if we just yielded more? Someone asked me this question once. They says, Pastor, is there ever a time in your life where you've read enough of the Bible for the day? To my, which my response is, yes, there is. God doesn't expect you to read the Bible from 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All God wants more than that is a yield of life, right? Someone says, how much is enough prayer? I don't know how much is enough prayer, but what I'm looking for is someone says, I'm gonna yield to God today. Second thing is this. I, I, I didn't know how to put this in here, so I just put, this is my thought. Let me, let me unpack it. And that is, second thing is we say, show me Holy Spirit. Like reveal to me, like what is in my life that shouldn't be in my life? Because I, we're, we're trying to live a life of minimums. How much can I get, here it is. How much can I get away with without God being upset? You know what I'm talking about? One of my kids came to me. He remained nameless. And um, <laughs> he's just a young little guy. And just a few, last year, he came up to me one night and he said, hey, daddy, he had gotten some money from his grandparents and stuff. And he said, how much money do I have to give to God? I said, well, buddy, you don't have to give anything. But the idea is that you would want to give him something. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you go ask God how much he wants from you? To which he came back and he goes, hmm, I can see his mind working. Is I gonna get to keep more or lose more? I know what he's thinking. And he came back and I didn't even introduce the concept to him about giving God your first tenth. I didn't do that a lot to him. He came back with something. I said, okay, buddy, let's put it and let's give this to the Lord. I remember when I was a dean of a Bible school, uh, we had, I mean, just over the years, thousands of students come through that class and through those classes. And uh, this one couple came to my office one day and, um, and, and they were nervous and, and, and his voice was quivering and his hands were shaking when he asked me. I said, well, what is it, man? Just get it out, get the question out and they're dating and they're engaged. And this is what he said to me. He says, Norm, I need to ask you. I says, get it out, man. And he's shaking. I said, what is it? And he put his head down and he goes, how far is too far? And I didn't, I wasn't connecting the dots. I said, what are you talking about? How far is too far? Like, where are you, like, like, where are you moving to or something? He goes, no, in dating. I said, oh, dude, you're asking the wrong guy. I already have two kids. How far is too far? I said, don't ask me, because I know what you're looking for. You're looking for the line that you can go up to. Here's the question I want you to do. Go ask the Holy Spirit how far is too far and see what he says. And P.S., you kiss with your mouth, not your hands. And uh, that was my thing there. And, uh, <laughs> and so sometimes, sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to help us in this arena. Here's the verse. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. Test me, 
know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Here's my last thought, and that is this. Invite the Holy Spirit to change me. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you in my life today. Not some of you, all of you. Here's what'll happen. He said in Galatians 5, as you yield freely to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, here's what'll happen. I think this is what we all want. He said, you'll abandon the cravings of your self-life since we are living by the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Isn't that what we want? To abandon the things that are causing us problems in our life. That's when you yield and get the Holy Spirit freedom in your life. That's the fruit of it, everybody. Thank you for listening to the East Coast Believers Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more info about this podcast or other resources, visit eastcoastbelievers.org.